Uh, but we'll say I'll start out. It is extremely humbling and a little nerve wracking standing in front of an urban city. I don't know any of you by poetry, right? You guys are awesome. You guys do great stuff. You're in hard places. There's a lot of you who I know are rocks in your communities and your various areas. And super, it's super humble to be up front. So my name is Jared Blair. I lead at Dayton Bellevue High School in Northern Kentucky. Um, the Green Tigers. Um, I've been there about three years. I a school called Ryle for a couple years. Also attended there for two years after moving here from Chicago. In typical fashion, um, the task I was given was to share a testimony and encourage people to lead after college. All right, so that's what I'm trying to accomplish here. Um, not that testimonies aren't important, but I think there's a lot more that God has for us now. So a little bit of background, I'm from Chicago. I was typical, I was a really good athlete, started chasing girls, got 17 concussions, got really depressed with a functioning alcoholic. Moved to Kentucky, found out about this thing called No Life, because this girl I thought was cute was in it, so I was like, all right, that's say less. Ended up going to Timberwolves, actually fell in love with Jesus, this the girl, kept Jesus, and now we're here. Look at that. Um, and now we're here. All right, so my air director sent me a text a couple days prior to what he does, saying, hey, we need somebody to share a little weekend about living up in college. I said, okay. Tom Dixon calls me. I don't know who that is. Um, I did not, I tried to make a few jokes and did a laugh, and I got really scared. I was like, okay, what could possibly go wrong? And I was, there's so many things I wanted to share and give this long lesson about soul going to do this in 10 minutes. And instead of having all these three great bullet points to give you, I more so have to have questions. If you're in that position where, well, you're almost done with college, you're like, okay, I need to go to the next step, whatever that move is. Um, or leaving is really tough. I know for a lot of us, it's really tough in COVID. We feel like you're burnt out, you feel like you're getting kind of washed up, and that there's greener passions elsewhere. Um, the question I asked myself as I was in that position as we and COVID sucked. We got a lot of momentum starting schools about three years ago, and then start running clubs, COVID hits, everything is just super, it's desolate. It was a wasteland, it was depressing. Um, and we're striving, making these great lengths, doing our best to serve the Lord and do it joyfully, as it says in James. And it's just like we're met by opposition to opposition. So something I not, I not only ask my team, but ask myself is why. I'm not going to pretend that I was called to be a no-life leader. I just made a decision to be one. It's that simple. Some of you may feel that calling that's dope. Shout out to you. But for reality, most of us, is at one point we made a decision that someone, right, through the love and power of God, affected our lives and we wanted to do the same for our high school kids, college kids, middle school kids, right? It's the verse that I remember reading at 17 when those things and wheels started turning was Romans coming to John. Jesus teaches a super hard teaching about communion and what the scripture says and what's a challenging teaching. Right? Some of the disciples turned away and he looks at the disciples he had left and said, You're gonna leave me too. And Simon Peter says, Where else will we go? This is John 6. We've left everything, right? 
And a lot of people stop there, but it says, Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered them, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And for my business people, our lives, I talk about eternal investments a lot. So not only, yeah, you make great sacrifices, but you continue to make great sacrifices on the daily, but you know what the word of God is. And maybe you want comfort, right? Maybe you want that job that's more time to man has a bigger paycheck. Maybe you want more time with family or your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband. All those things are super awesome, super appealing. But can you tell me one thing that's going to give you a better return on investment and sacrifices in your life for the sake that people may come to the feet of Jesus? Where else would you go? And I was in a position where I was going to sit down bleeding. And I kind of just like started withdrawing from ministry and trying to pass the torch off. And within 48 hours, I got extremely bored. Like there's only only so much Netflix you can watch. There's only so many puzzles and crap you can do and guitar stuff you can do. I got so bored. And not I'm not meeting so just because I was bored, but we're designed with a purpose, are we not? And if you really want to go into a dark place really fast, into apathy really fast, walk away from the purpose God has instilled you. It's pretty simple, right? Love the Lord God, love your neighbor as yourself. Then, and this is not the guilt trip anybody, I think this is easy to sound like that. If you don't go, who will? God can use anyone. Don't think you're that important. But why would you want to miss out? So I'm sitting here like, What's day about you started in school? It was great. The education level there is lower than most, so there's certain challenges that we weren't used to. Like just simply reading, and if you don't have a high reading level, reading the Bible is super foreign, super difficult. And I remember going there for the first time and meeting these kids and walking around the school for a month and nothing happening, can't get in, and finally I just kind of break in. <laughs> I meet this kid in the hallway, worst conversation of my life. I was like, wow, this place really sucks. <laughs> but we keep going, right? Then I meet this really rambunctious kid, he told me to F off, and he's the father of Dayton, high school in my life. And through him, many have come to know Jesus. And then through that, we inherit Bellevue High School. Same situation, here's me, they don't like me, I don't fit in, it's whatever. We meet a girl here named Brooke who's here. And from her, and from that rambunctious kid named Austin, we have four kids here at work here. And that's not a flex of numbers, but I will tell you something about the four kids here at work here is that I've never had a better privilege and more joy than leading some of the folks we have here. Which brings me to Romans 10. How then will they call on him who they have not believed, and how are they to believe in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of the ones who preach the good news. We all want to chase these lofty dreams, and that's awesome. We all want to feel valued, loved, important. But if you take an honest look at the last year, 
if there's any role you could be in, it's to be someone who is sharing the gospel. There's not a better time to have value and to have a purpose than now. And honestly, who are you to decide when you've had enough of that? We love stuff like, here I am, Lord, send me. But until I'm done. <laughs> and like we laugh because we know truth. We've done it, we know people who do it. But why would you rob yourself of joy and life to the full by cutting your time short? And I'm not here, like, I'm not a big God guy. I'm not telling you just to be God leader. But I think it's really challenging to find a ministry as hands off as in life because I've tried. And I always come back. Where you're getting in the mud, you're going straight into the trenches of high schools, and you will have a direct effect on their lives, whether they accept Jesus in that moment or 10 years from now. So that's what it's about, man. I wanted to go on this long rant about heaven, but I got a time limit. <laughs> but that's what this is for, right? It's just like you experience God, and I've experienced God. I always think back to the woman at the well, right? The man you're with now is not your husband, because you've had five husbands. It's at that moment where Jesus becomes so real, so personal, you know you can't hide anymore. And there's no more shame, but there's a captivating, and you want more. To the point where you run back to your town, you run back to your school, you run back to your communities, saying, come, come, come. Listen to a man who told me about everything I've ever done. And what's really awesome about the end of that story is in John 4, <clears throat> the disciples, the famous teacher, have you eaten? pops off. My food is too well hidden. But this is where it gets really cool, right? I'll talk about Isaiah and about strangers becoming your family and divine justice. That's not the dream that we've embodied at Dayton Bellevue, right? We're going into a very slight place. It's desolate. It's ruined. It's destroyed. A lot of spiritual strongholds and stuff. But one day there's going to be hope, right? Because we're empowered by the Spirit to preach it, bring to the poor, and let out people from the chains. This is all the stuff we want, right? But it's going to come at a cost, and it's going to come with great sacrifice. But one day, you're going to come with you, you're going to die, and you're going to be face-to-face with a king. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's going to be joy to watch you. And it's not for next year. It's not for when you're older. But it's for now. John 14 says this, do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I say to you, reap that for which you did not labor. Others labor and you have to to their labor. And it's been cool even just in three years. And I know that at school, oh, I was been established for 20 years. It was really deep, great roots, born. <laughs> but now, with this fresh sleep, already seeing seeds that are once planted starting to sprout with these beautiful trees that are producing more and more and more and more. Seeing kids for the first time be able to be a kid in a club room. 
seeing kids excited, right, about this man who was once this invisible, scary God in the sky now have flesh and be real and be a friend. Um, an example of that is this. I'm also introducing you that I don't know, but I'll tell you that I love them. This morning I was praying and just kind of thinking about Rick and all the things he taught me. It's like the great men and women who instill hope and purpose in me through the power of God. And I was thinking about some of these guys, like Zach Bayette, and there's all their older leaders in our area. I was trying to figure out where did they come from? Kevin, before he's the Kevin most of you know of now, Mr. Zach Kevin, he was a guy who ran into a young leader, heard the word of God, was captivated, captivated by it, and decided to give his life to it. And while he did that, he led a Bible study with some guys, like a team Zach Bayette, he's about 30-something, in our area for super long, who was one of the most pivotal men I've ever met in my entire life, especially in my faith. As I was sitting this morning thanking the Lord for Zach, I was brought to Kevin. It wasn't for Kevin, Zach would not be where he was. If it wasn't for Zach, I would not be who I was. I think the story would be the same for a lot of people that you see on a daily basis. Most of which you may never know was a privilege I get to introduce Kevin. So give it up for Kevin.